Welcome to this episode of Masonic Life 360, an open and ongoing discussion of topics from a Mason's personal point of view. This is being brought to you by the Masonic Life Initiative. For more information, please visit division8masons.com. Welcome to Masonic Life 360. Today we're going to be discussing conformists and freethinkers. Gentlemen, what do we think? <laughs> There's a loaded question. <laughs> well, I know at this table there are people that believe that we are free thinkers still, and then there's some of us at this table that sees a different version of it. And I guess having different opinions is probably good for the craft, good for the fraternity. Uh, I think I'm going to take the side that we have become conformists versus our free thinking, because I'm looking at 300 years ago, when you look at when it was organized, I think the general purpose behind it was good, and I think it was meant to support one another and develop a great philosophy, but I think along the way, I think money has entered into the picture, and I think, unfortunately, I think there is, it's been slanted more to one side than to an equal basis of where you balance it, uh, where you can tie in everything that we want to do and that we want to believe, and I think, unfortunately, it has become manipulated and controlled. Actually, what I'd like to, before we get too deep into the discussion, let's, let's take a look at the actual free thinker moniker, because I've been doing a little bit of research into the free thinking thing, and I've noticed that in our publications and where we have put it in some of our trivia videos, we are at least clever enough to go free hyphen thinkers instead of free thinkers, because there was actually a free thinker movement in the late 1800s, and I believe they still have a publication that's out today called Free Thinkers, and we want to make sure that we distinguish ourselves from that, because the actual free thinker movement from the late 1800s was an agnostic, progressive, almost a socialist movement. And I don't want people being confused when we say free thinking, that we're not trying to say we are this free thinker, socialist, agnostic movement. Because one of the things that I believe distinguishes our fraternity <clears throat> is that we are not an agnostic. We are not a necessarily progressive socialist movement. So I want to like make sure that people understand that as they are cogitating about our discussions. I was doing some checking on free thinkers and came up with an article that talked about what are the what are the types of individuals who are free thinkers. And one of them was the fact that free thinkers are basically creative people. They are instinctively looking for ways of, of creating new things, looking into the future. They're also people who are aware of group thinking and herd uh, mortality. When you, you, you think of a group that just gets together and does the same thing over and over again, that could become the death of, an of a group, but yet they're aware of the importance of group thinking. It also understands the various perspectives involved in people, such as this, at this table. You have perspectives on one, issue, on one side, you have perspectives on the other, but a free thinker 
takes into consideration those perspectives. And they also understand that knowledge is provisional. It's what we think today can be debunked dramatically by what happens tomorrow. So you have to be able to adjust and adapt if you're going to be a person who thinks freely. And they're able to tactfully uh, defy and overcome institutional pressures. And I think that's what uh, you're talking about. Correct. It's the fact that there are times when, our, when a fraternity has a basis of, of development, um, growth, um, a purpose, uh, a need, and then sometimes there is an institution grows and they become very large, involves a lot of people, maybe large amounts of finances, and we have different people operating and it becomes, there's confusion as to maybe where money is allocated that we don't know because of um, lack of, of information, training, and things like that. It's not that they're hiding anything, it's that we don't know it, and yet there's some institution maybe comes down and says, we don't understand your thinking or your position, and there's some, some pressures applied there. And the last is, according to this article, says, free thinkers are curious buggers. <laughs> and they're always looking forward and asking questions. And so I think that kind of frames what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, and actually you bring up a good point, and this goes to where you are saying, well, maybe we've become more conformist, but Freemasonry in general has to have a certain amount of conformity because of the ritual aspects. Our lessons that we teach involve a conformity of presentation, but that doesn't mean that once we've used that conformity of presentation that then someone takes that and thinks freely within that context. In other words, the conformity to me is the moral guidance that is provided and the moral education that is provided, but that doesn't stop you from thinking freely and using that guide to better your life and other people's <clears throat> lives around you. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, you and everybody else at this table is the argument against your position of us being conformists. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we need to be both conformist and thinkers. It depends on the framework which we're talking about. It, we obey laws. That's conformity. And our society, as Masons, we're, we're very uh, strict on you know, keeping within the law. We don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't do those things. But on the other hand, we can be free thinkers. What about the future? What, what do we want to do? do we wanna, if we want to change something like a law, then we go through the process to do it. Think, think about the current Grandmaster's theme. It is to honor the past to shape our future. And we're looking at what we're talking about now is our past. We're conforming because that is a tradition that was developed <coughs> back in the early 1300s when men banded together for their own protection. And so we're looking at what they've done over the years. We're conforming to the fact that this is a, a honored, honored past but yet, we're also using that to shape our future and how we're going to grow. I, I personally think that, in all honesty, what sort of happened as of, I mean, as of later, what I have witnessed uh, in my few years as a Mason, is obviously we know that some need to lead and some need to learn to, to follow. But in this particular case, it almost seems like we've gotten to a point where a lot of people have just learned to follow at this point and not really 
have stepped up to want to lead. I mean, we got sort of a, the way things appear, at least at this point, is that we have the Institute, um, which sort of runs our fraternity or whatnot, and then it's sort of passed down to the lodges and then so on and so forth. And in the, the, uh, uh, how do I say, the message comes, you know, trickles down, right? And, um, yeah, the problem, yeah, and that's a natural sign of any organization. All organizations do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, we sort of, when we've become this global, or, or I should say statewide organization, and as big as we are, we sort of have lost the ability for, I feel, for more free thought in individual areas. Like if it, you know, if I said went back before cell phones, before telephones, all that stuff, and didn't have that, uh, uh, communication uh, to go back and forth like that, I guarantee you probably would have seen a lot more free thought in different areas, all following a general principle, but a lot more free thought. Right now it's sort of centralized in one location and then trickles down because now we can, we have technology that allows us to do that, right? You know, email, telephone. I mean, you wouldn't really have, and um, you know, say, uh, you know, Grand Lodge up in California, being able to then find out what was going on to the minutest detail, say in a lodge in Southern California or whatnot, you know, it's just a nowadays though. I mean, they, you know, if we have a problem down here, we can let it be known up, you know, up North within hours, minutes, seconds, you know? So I think uh, you're just starting to see is the globalization of, uh, of uh, the fraternity really. But does that truly limit the free thinking aspect of it because you know it's it's what you're describing is what is part of our ritual of who best can work and best agree but that doesn't mean that who best can work is being limited in that work that they are bringing to the table i'm not saying that they can't sorry i'm I'm not saying that they can't be free thinkers i'm not saying that Because I, I, I firmly agree that anyone want, who wants to be a free thinker and really push and, and make strides or whatnot can do that. It's not like it's uh, you know closed off or anything like that. It's just a matter of um, I think we've gotten ourselves into a system or a mode or a you know just a way that we haven't you know that we've just become naturally wanting to conform and follow the directions of where we're going, you know. Yeah, no, 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 I, under, yeah, I understand that, but I think that's just human nature in general, exactly. though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's like, you know... We're but, not knocking anything. Yeah, no, like, and, yeah. And, and, but what I find interesting, especially uh, where you believe that we've become more conformist, but I don't see that the free-thinking aspect, yeah, there's different difficulties than there were 50, 100 years ago, just because of the communication uh, environment that we have. But also, if it's a good idea and it's tested in the fires of opposition and we still carry on, doesn't that make us better at our job of free thinking? I think technology also aids that because now you can get your ideas out there. When before you were somewhat isolated, you could only show your idea to certain people because of communications issues. But we, it, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. We, we're pushing, when we push the envelope, I think that's where the, the conflict comes between conformity and free thinkers. Mm-hmm. 
And there are a number of people in this, this fraternity who like to think in the future. They don't like the status quo. Uh, they'd like to see us improve or go forward. And so they look at the, the envelope and they go, what happens if I step outside that, that envelope and do this? And it, it, it goes back to what you said. If we can do that and, and be tested under the fires of opposition and be successful, then everybody grows. It has to be intentional. But it has it, to be intentional. Yeah, it has to be intentional. But the problem is social conformity <clears throat> has, such, has such a strong pull on everybody. It, it's a psychological condition. Uh, I was reading an article by uh, Kingsley Dentist, and it was posted on, on uh, Waking Times. And he quoted a thinker, Edward de Bono. If everyone is going the same direction, then anyone who's going in a different direction is wrong. The other direction might be better, but it's still wrong. And so, you know, a couple other things here. You got, uh, it has such a pull on people, people can't be trusted to do what they know is right. They're going to go with the group. It's it's, it's a natural psycho psychological and a, influence. Fear of retaliation? Whatever their fears may be. You, you can't invalidate that the fact that they're fearful. It, it's, it's more, I think it's less fear, more comfort. Um, Here's one. This should sound familiar. Um, when they when they give into the the, the conformity, um, the result is each person reinforces the other's inertia. It makes people feel like they're going forward. So non-action actually becomes the accepted norm within the group. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> oh, although what's interesting about that, and I've noticed this about a lot of the young guys that I've been talking to that are coming into the fraternity. Uh -huh. And you want to talk about conformity. These guys are coming out of a college system now yeah. that is nothing but slavish conformity. And the one thing that to a man that I've heard of the people coming into the fraternity out of the college system is that they see us as being able to break away from that that conformist mentality that they are being saddled with out of their college system. They don't feel they can have a conversation like we're having here. If they speak differently than any of their brothers in college, they're ostracized. And at least I think we have a, a, a forum, a fraternity, an organization that we can certainly have a exchange of ideas without going, okay, you're bad, you're out. And that's, yeah, exactly, that's exactly what I was saying here. It says successful. If you want to be a successful free thinker, you have to have tactful relationships with others who are also free thinkers. They must feel comfortable enough to be able to speak freely with you. Yeah. Well, exposed, you know, that's, you know, you make yourself vulnerable when you talk about your own ideas, but you hit on a key point. We're always looking, what are the, the new kids on the block, what are, what are they looking for? They're looking for a voice. They're looking, they're looking to be listened to. Yeah. As Masons, yeah. myself, I, and I, I firmly believe this, that we are individually, I think majority of us, the, and obviously there's, there's some art, but I think as majority we are free thinkers. We, we, we tend to, to like to think out of the box, at least, at least at the lodge level. Uh, I think where some of the conformity has definitely come from, uh, this, this herd mentality. Especially in, in states as we are in here in California, with, with, with the Grand Lodge system in California and, and, and possibly in some of your other larger states, 
they uh, people tend to bow or kowtow to, okay, we'll we'll go along with what they're saying because you know they're our over overall governing body, uh, and so we conform to them. Uh, I think definitely on a lodge level, I think we still tend to free think. I know this group does. I mean, that goes without saying. Like I say, the conformity, you know, we, we get hit on it. You know, we, we do something that's, you think, outside the box that doesn't go along with the established rules. You get, you get uh, reprimanded. So, you know, you, you either back down or, or you're the bull in the china closet. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, <clears throat> we're, we're, we're a little bit of both, all of us. Some yeah. a little bit more on one side than the other. But I'm thinking the reprimand part that you mentioned, I think that's because the person who's doing the reprimanding is probably stepping beyond where his position to be able to do that. It makes the person who is being reprimanded um, feel he has to step back. But go back to that element of the lodge and conformity. You know, we, we elect our officers to go through the chairs and hoping that they have learned from their schools that they've been given. And when they become the officer, the, the master of the lodge, we're kind of expected to conform to them in support mm -hmm. of them so that we can, who best can work and best agree. And it's hope that that master then will lead us into success. And we take a look at these senior wards, junior wards, they move up, we all conform. We're tr the past masters and others will lead the master to come up with the decisions, but ultimately he leads. And we need to conform to that book. Just by being conformist to support doesn't mean that we can't offer free things. Free no, thought. not at all. So another word might be better used is instead of conformist, I mean, we compromise. There you go. I mean, you know, who best can work and best agree. Well, for us to do that, we all have to compromise to some, you know, we can't come in and, oh, by God, this is how it's going to be. Well, well, you know, I might have seven or eight other people here who don't disagree. Mm -hmm. that disagree. Well, and so also by compromise. Yeah, and by definition, what? this is the way it's going to be. That is only, that's what conformists would do. <laughs> you know? How about so, who best can work and best agree comes down to the fact that who has learned their lessons to do the work and are willing to do it together. It takes so, work now, to do you know, this together. Conformi it does. Conformity and free thought. I mean, both of these things, they've been defined through the ages, you know. Oh, free thinking. Oh, that's atheism. Oh, no, he's a deist. You know, they're furthering define, defining a discipline. Then they make it not a discipline, they make it a tool. Conformity, all you need to do is go, go look in the news today. Conformity is being used as a tool to control the masses. Well, yeah, boy, like I tell you, it doesn't make the fact that social conformity can't that be used too. in a different way if it's used as a discipline and not as a tool of control. You know, there's there's a whole a whole cascade of, of of factors regarding conformity that we've been, you know, imprinted with since birth. I mean, yeah, obedience to authority. When do we yeah. start that? The minute you. Get the kid mother, thy father. Yeah, well, yeah, dude, you try to get the kid to go to sleep at night so you can get some sleep, too. Yeah, it starts then. You know, all these things that we, we a kid's limbic system is not, not you know, before eight years old. That's where all this, you know, when they talk about imprinting, that's where all this stuff is going on. So if you set them up to be made conformist in, in, in the wrong way, you're going to, take out the ability to, for them to ex exercise their, their personal freedom, 
which most people who are in, in, involved with it with a conformist mindset, they're fearful of, of showing their, their freedoms too, too, too freely. Going against the status quo. And people, people who are, have a great tendency to, go with, to conform to, to the, quote, norm, they have less tolerance for any ambiguity. They're the ones that, that have all the anxiety when, when something becomes ambiguous. They can't handle that. So, you know, we can do ourselves a service by using one or the other or both, but as long as we're not trying to impose it on other people, you know, it, you know, hold the lamp, you know, light the way. You know, you don't impose your will on somebody. You give them the tools where they can do it themselves. Sorry. So, so actually, I was, I was um, going to bring something up then in that regard. It's more process-related, I guess. Um, I was going to go, actually, we, when we go and we're voting on things and stuff like that, we get told by the committee whether this is in line with policy or not. And after that, we are then told to vote. More often than not, I would say probably 95, 98% of the time, Everyone just simply goes with what the policy, what is in line with policy or not. Mm -hmm. So is that, just to elaborate on that, is that pushing conformity or is that although, pushing although, someone to come up although and really how say, many, hey, How many proposals at Grand Lodge get carried over and carried over and finally die because somebody is opposing them too. I mean, right. you know, yes, there's a lot that go, oh yeah, just, you know, that's fine, that's policy, but I've seen over the years an awful lot of proposals that have withered on the vine. Well, two-thirds. But, but <coughs> usually not if they're... I don't usually see them wither too much if they're within policy guidelines or whatnot. Well, yeah. it's a two-edged sword. Yeah. You know, and, and you can... I'm curious like I say, Jacks. Yeah, you can say you can, you, can line, you can line up the events so that you can develop an influence out of it. But it's really left up to the individual, you know... Um, you mentioned conformity and, and going along with laws and moral. Well, that's a moral discipline. Conformity may be an adjunct to that. It can be a method to promote moral discipline, or it can be a method to oppose it. Then can conformity be trust? Because that's basically what you're talking about. We trust those people up there to give us the information we need to vote for. Trust is based upon a rational decision. However... That's the thing with conformity. People will go with the flow so that they don't come to the surface. You know, they want to go with the mass of the group, and the way it's presented will will determine whether whether it's a trust or if it's a manipulation. But again, so, so yeah, Jack, but again, Jack, I want to hear your. <laughs> but again, I've been going to Grand Lodge for about. Almost a lot longer than I have. Almost 40 straight years. <laughs> I thought it was 100. Yeah, well, 143. Yeah. I will tell you that, yes, uh, there is an amount of trust that goes <laughs> into these committee reports, and yes, there's, there are some brethren say, okay, since he said it, I'm going to go ahead and vote for it. But if you'll notice, there are some, some free thinkers who get up and speak from the floor that change the minds of the, mm -hmm. the craft. Yep. Uh, and because of those free thinkers, and I will say there are some free thinkers to get up just to speak, to hear their own voice. I'd agree with you. Uh, definitely 99% of the guys who get up are, are free thinkers who are trying to put their position across. And I can tell you, many times I've gone to Grand Lodge with my thought already made up, my mind made up, but I listen to not only the committee reports, 
by listening to those speak on the floor. They brought up things I never thought about. And that's why the, the, those free thinkers changed my conforming mind at that point. This year I made a, a report that I said I left it to the collective wisdom of the craft to make the decision. Mm -hmm. And I was very impressed because the collective wisdom of the craft gave me input that I will be able to use next year in, in trying to let the brethren know what I believe their direction should be. Again, that'll be a, a personal, along with the ritual committee if they agree, but it'll go out to the craft who will then either trust the decisions that we make as a ritual committee or come up with new ideas that change the craft. At, at least, there was, at there least. was a period of years and years ago. You could not become a Mason if you had a deformity of any kind, yes. physical deformity. Yeah. There were people that I respected, high-ranking officers in the Grand Lodge, and so that would get up and defend that position. There were also people from the floor who got up and did not defend that position. Ultimately, over a couple of years, we changed it against a lot of people who said that we shouldn't change that. We changed it, now we can have almost anybody, physical deformity or not, as long as they can learn the ritual, become a Mason. Yeah, well, and, and I'm, I'm living proof of that because you guys have in your uh, ritual that you can't let a madman or a fool be a Mason. You let me in. Well, <laughs> every system has a few cracks yeah, in we, it. I can remember a time that, because I've been a Mason a long time, many years, um, when going up the ranks to become a future Grand Lodge officer or, or whatever, it was the extraordinary that we picked. It was the out-of-the-box thinkers. It was truly somebody bringing their own mm -hmm. ideas and concepts and things that were going to benefit the craft. They weren't fearful of it. Where today, when you see it, you don't see people coming up the ranks that are out-of-the-box thinkers. People that actually have tried something new that works, uh, and not being afraid. I learned a long time ago about you know something I believed. You know, when you have confidence, you have a lot of fun, and when you have fun, you can do amazing things. What I have seen seems to me in the last decade is that the ones with confidence, the ones that are having fun, the ones are making changes, are the ones that are being stepped on. Not. Always, not always. But, but, but here, listen to what you just said there. They're not always. Well, you know, so that means kind of, it is happening. No, but I'm saying, when I say not always, I'm saying that if you if you're that person that's that's that confident and that mm -hmm. that uh, persuasive, it's also a matter of tact and how you come across and treat others. Right. If you come up with that idea, you've got a good idea, and you're coming in with a, you know, this way, and you're not persuasive then you're not going to be seen as a, you may be seen as a free thinker, but not one I want on my team, <laughs> yeah. because the effect you might have on others. Yeah. Well, and you bring, you bring up a two-pronged issue there, too, where you're saying at the higher levels of government, <clears throat> yeah, do you that. really want somebody who is going to, complete, to change the rules in the government? You don't want that. As you gravitate to the higher levels of a governing body, you want some consistency out of that governing body. And so it can appear to me that, you know, oh, well, there's just conformists going on, but is that a stability of government 
that is not a bad thing. And that stability comes to the peace and harmony of every organization from the top down to the lowest lodge, okay? If you've got, if you've got leadership in there that's looking to, to grow and you, they come across people who are persuasive, and that's the issue I'm going to bring is there are some people here who have great ideas, but their, their persuasibility is not there. Is it such a word? Persuasiveness. Persuasiveness. Okay. <laughs> I like persuasibility. I, I, have, I, think, I think I'd like to believe myself as having some great ideas, but I'm not persuasive. There are times when I can come up with an idea, I tell somebody about it, I just don't know how to, to persuade them how to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can't get it sold. People will later on, I'll see maybe five, six years down the road, ah, that's a great idea. You know, it's something that I've been pushing for a long time, but I just don't have the ability to sell it. And that's where a guy who's a free thinker, who also has the sellability, the ability to sell it will advance the fraternity. So what you're saying, you have to be liked by your general masses in order to be effective? You have to be able to be liked. You have yes. to treat others with respect as you would want them to respect you. Do you know that's a two-way yeah. street? Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. kind of disagree in the sense that I think we've had grandmasters who have been conformists to a great degree. But we also had some free thinkers. So it, it's a combination. We get some good ones, we get some bad ones. Well, they're not bad. They're, well, they're, they're just different. They're, yeah. they're, they're different. They're themselves. Yeah. Well, the other thing is just that just, uh, there's a real tendency. Everybody progresses according to a certain timeline. You know, everybody's an individual. And I think maybe the conformist view of some of our grandmasters in the past Maybe they didn't think they were ready to take on the full mantle of it, and so they actually relied on other people to give them advice. And whether or not those people took advantage of that situation or not, no. you know, I'm sure some got good advice and some got, you know, advice from someone less, less than good. And, and, yeah, and, less and good. actually, let's let's be honest. I think probably everyone has everyone been here been a master of a lodge at one mm -hmm. point. Oh, most everyone, I would say. So alone, you want that that first. <laughs> That no, first year that you're a master or whatnot, you're just sort of getting the ropes down, right? You know, and I, I was only one year master, but uh, you sort of feel like at the end of it, like when you're done, you're just going like, man, if I just had one more year, I actually could have got something a lot more accomplished than I felt like I got done this time well, because you're just getting that. used to it. You know, you're not realizing where you can push and prod, you know? That's a learning um, curve. But with that said, too, though, uh, since most people are masters, uh, I've been masters at one point in time, how many times have you guys heard when you came in as a master, well, that's the way we do it, that's the way we've always done it? Oh, all you the know? time. And, especially from the past grand masters or something like that, so. Because they were going in that direction. Yeah, going in that conformity direction. <laughs> so I, I bring that, you know, down. I sort of bring that question up now. It's like, well, is that, is, that a, sort of, is that a conformity direction, or is that just the direction that that lodge has charted for no, itself? It's, it's a comfort. It's a comfort level. Mm -hmm. yeah, you comfort, don't yeah. fight. You, if you're doing well, isn't that everything's working right, yeah. everybody's happy. Yeah. It's a comfort level. Yeah. Why, why buck success? Yeah. We don't want to change because we well, don't know what the future is. I think the key word here is change. Okay, you got a government, what, whether it be state, <clears> federal, <throat> grand lodge, whatever it might be, you know is, you know, okay, the status quo keeps going, comfort level, man, okay, everything's going cool, no one's rattling any, any cages, no one's making change. Ch change is a very hard thing to implement. My first time as master of this lodge, and I, I had that theme all five times. 
<laughs> took a while. Slow learning. See, obviously, slow very learning. slow learning. <laughs> okay, it's on record. Uh, change, growth, prosperity. I, 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 and, and to have the, the last two, you've got to make change to begin with. But you can't, or I believe, you can't come in like a bull in a china closet and I'm not getting, this isn't going to go into a political discussion, but I think we're seeing a lot of it right now. Same thing with Grand Lodge. You know, I know a lot of us have probably thought, God, you know, if we just, if we had, you know, why, he, he's Grand Master. He can fuck God do anything he wants. You know, we need change, but it's going to take some time. If you have someone come in that wants to just... Turn the apple cart upside down. Well, yeah, change for the sake of change is not no, necessarily and I'm not a good saying thing. that. Even, yeah. even if the change is good, to 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 do a 180 is is virtually impossible. But I think we've had we've had a long we've had I'll say decades. I've been a mason for 27 years now. You know, less than some, but you know, more than others. <laughs> but it, it's cha change. It it's it's hard. Okay, I I had when when I first got appointed as inspector, we had a lodge, one of my lodges. You know, I came in there. They didn't have a, they didn't have a new line of officers for the next year, because they weren't qualified, and and they were all like you know I I I changed some stuff. I changed some stuff drastically on them. I mean, they were just they hated me that first year. They ended up thinking, well, this is probably one of the better things that happened. But I told them, I go, guys, this isn't going to be a 180. This is going to take some time. We're going to take two or th we're going to take probably three years to make this turn. Okay. But we're going to start that turn today. But, you know, but it's not just going to all of a sudden be. <laughs> but it's but it's but interesting. It's not, it's not a change, it's a correction. Okay. You're not trying yeah. to change I wasn't. them. Okay. You are I'll, correcting I'll... them back into where they should be. And, th okay. and this is why I'm very proud of what we have at Grand Lodge as far as how do we pass something. And it takes a large number of brethren, and so it takes several years sometimes to make a change mm -hmm. or even a correction. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's not an overnight thing. You get Correct. some okay. Grand Masters that come in there, and they have great ideas. But sometimes it, the ideas, they have recommendations or whatever, it still takes a long time of, to get agreement. And that's why I'm proud of our system. But it's interesting that our structure of <clears throat> Grand Lodge and the lodges is that we change something every year. We change mm -hmm. master. We change the officers. Yeah. So every year there is change. There, there's new blood. There's new thinking. There's new thinking. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that might be also part of the problem in some aspects too you don't really get someone there long enough to really affect the change that would uh can be and i'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because i've yeah. heard from every grandmaster that he only has six months to make something happen because mm -hmm. by the time he's installed and he's putting together his he's trying to implement his plan it's time for the next guy yep. to step in so he only has six months to implement whatever his plans are that's no different on the log level exactly mm -hmm. your first time as master I didn't feel comfortable in that seat till about six months into it. Basically, right till I was going out. I saw, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. But, but I learned though from that two years and my next time through, I have to agree. I, I as one would wholeheartedly vote on two year 
terms. We've done a lot of that in this lodge, and I think it's been for the best. Because you aren't. You're not comfortable in that position till about six months. And, and you know, a two-year term, you, you know, you have some time. You may have one or two ideas you want to put out there. You don't want to put out five or ten because you got too many. But if you got a couple things you want to implement, you're not going to get them implemented in six months. It, it's a two-year term is good. I think then you like, need the change. I think the craft has thought about that. It, 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 I know it happened our lives, because but... you are the master until the new guys install it. Right? <laughs> it's, it's true. But you know, it's more than just ideas for for advancing a lodge. It's also the ritual. You know, by the time you learn your work. It's time for you the next year to learn someone else's work. So you're uh -huh. only learning it for maybe three or four months, and you learn something new. And I've been a proponent of this multi-year for each position because it gives you a, a, at least a year to learn the ritual for that position, and then it gives you more time to learn the ritual for the next one. So you've got it down solid, or you yep. should have plenty of time to do it. Kind of like double secret probation. Personally, it's going off a tangent, I would love to see two years for every station. That it not only lets you learn the ritual, it lets you learn more about what's behind exactly. the ritual. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's Which free is, thinking. Think, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, well, it's conforming and free oh, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not conformity when you develop a consensus from fact. Yeah. You, you know, it's, 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 it's an agreement. But an agreement means that there's a decision. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a decision there. Um, if you're merely conforming, I don't see a lot of decision making there. I see, I see a decision that, well, okay, I'm going to go along with the group because I'm not going to, you know. But again, point conformity it out. is comfort. Yes. And as long as you don't know that there is a problem, you're, if you're being pushed into something, I, I don't see you as a conformist. At that point, I think you're looking at, am I going to become a free thinker? It, it, something's uncomfortable. I'm going to start reaching out in different directions, and now you're being forced into free thinking yeah. versus conforming. Yeah. Well, are you going to take the risk? Yeah. yeah I guess uh, that's like you know, I was going up the the meetings, the conclusions, or whatnot. You're doing the voting. That's why I always felt like sort of me personally. I always felt like, eh, I'm hearing this report, but I really don't know, uh, you know, much about the exact details other than I'm just hearing the summary level of what things are, and I sort of feel like. Eh, but you know, there's opportunities to avoid that, to come up with some understanding of, of which way they would like to, to vote or should vote. Yeah, I agree. If not in the Let's lodge room, even, even during the refreshment period, mm -hmm. talking about the resolutions. Too many times we get to Grand Lodge, we haven't even looked at them. Yeah. And unfortunately, some of our brethren are given their, their when they pick up their cards, vote on the cards before they even hear the arguments. Mm. In some cases, they vote on them, and they, they try to deposit them or leave them with somebody, and then they vacate the building. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's the issue. That's the problem we have with trying to, yeah. to become free thinkers versus conformists. If you're at the point where you're conforming so much that you don't even want to listen to the outside yeah. decisions, mm -hmm. then we, you have failed your fraternity. You know, I heard a comment here not too long ago, a statement that was made. And the comment was made, well, if you really love the fraternity, you will conform. And I thought that was an interesting statement because I kind of, you know, had to say, well, so in other words, if you conform, you love the craft more versus being a free thinker and saying, you know, I can't always agree with a certain direction or whatever, or the belief to think outside the box. So how do you measure who cares more for the craft? Um, 
I think in a case, I think we all play a part. We're on a big world stage and we all play a part. Whatever works for one person works for that person. What works for another person doesn't mean they should be punished because they are different. You're talking about one when, person's opinion. Is exactly. I think when, diversity when, is when very he, good. When he, when he made that, that statement, it's one person's opinion. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Diversity is what makes us. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, without without that, learning. we would never be able to, to, to learn or grow. This yeah. fraternity never would have existed as long as it has if we didn't have the diversity that we have. I'll give you if we were all conformist, this, this, I, I believe this fraternity would have died centuries ago. But I think the whole conversation should end up with the fact that we need to take a look at our past. We need to honor that past our fraternity's past, the, reason, the traditions of our past of bonding together as brethren, of who best can work and best agree, who are able to, to reach forward into the future to advance the craft, and take those lessons, both administrative and ritual, and honor that in order to shape our future. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Masonic Life 360 and open an ongoing discussion of topics from a Mason's personal point of view. This has been brought to you by the Masonic Life Initiative. All content is the copyrighted and exclusive content of the Masonic Life Initiative. It may not be used or rebroadcast without their express permission. For more information, visit division8masons.com.